In this episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast, we are going to talk about something that I think is very simple, and yet at least to me and at least in my songwriting experience has been a profound development and helping make me feel like songwriting always goes forward and makes me feel like I'm making constant progress where before I would feel like I was in turmoil, struggling with the same thing over and over and over again. And hopefully it can help you with that as well. So let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. And today we are going to be talking about how to integrate what we're going to call save points into your songwriting. And if you're a video gamer at all and you're like, save points, that sounds familiar. Yep. It's sort of modeled off of uh, video games, which is interesting for me because I don't really even play video games. But um, this is something that I think is a solid analogy for what it is I'm trying to get across in this episode. So before diving in, if you haven't already, be sure to check out my free guide on 10 different ways to start writing a song. It gives five ways from a lyrical standpoint and five ways from a musical standpoint to get started with songwriting or to re-jumpstart your songwriting, especially if you've felt creatively dry recently. It happens to all of us. It does not make you crazy. It doesn't make you a fraud. It doesn't make you reliant on the muse, whatever lies you may be telling yourself and downing yourself about it. Do not worry about it. It happens to all of us. You're not crazy. It's okay. Uh, But a great way to fight that is by approaching songwriting from different angles. So for example, if you always sit down with your acoustic guitar and start with the chord progression, and then after writing five songs in the last five months, you're like, why can't I think of anything? Well, it might be because you've currently used up all your creative thoughts. We'll say thoughts instead of juices, because some people don't like that word. But um, on writing from that same standpoint, right? So if you just say, you know what, I'm going to start with writing a bass line this time, or you know what, I'm going to start writing uh, from a standpoint of let me figure out this interesting symbol that I think is really interesting and then try to figure out, okay, what does a symbol mean? What 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 is it about this symbol that really is evocative to me and makes me uh, interested in diving deeper into it? So writing from different standpoints can be a great way to stay creatively fresh if you will. So if you're interested in that, be sure to check that out. Link will be in the description or show notes or whatever people call it these days. Uh, It's a songwritertheory.com slash free guide, so it should be easy to remember. But today, in this episode, we're talking about save points. So the first thing that I think is important to establish here is I want you to think of what the end goal is when you're writing a song. And this time I'm not actually talking about, you know, what was your end goal of like, how do you want people to feel and, and do you want, you know, what, what's the emotional response from people? What's the, the, um, intelligent response from people? Intelligence, the wrong word there, but you know, what's, what, what does it make them think about? Right. Cause hopefully as songwriters, we want to make people think and feel not just feel or, and, and also hopefully not just think. I think the best songs do both rather than just one or the other, because if it just makes people feel, well, 
you know, maybe there's actually nothing of substance underneath that. And if it just makes people think, then maybe it's an interesting intellectual, uh, you know, piece of art in a sense. But if it didn't make people feel anything at the end of the day, what is it for? You might as well have written a paper. And I don't think any of us want to be writing papers. We want to be writing songs, right? That's why you're listening to this podcast. And that's why I'm making this podcast. Because we're all interested in songs. So in this case, we're talking about thinking of the end goal of when your song is done to you, what does that mean, really? And your answer might be slightly different than mine, and that's okay. Uh, But for me, it's truly done when I have written the lyrics, the melody, and the harmony, which harmony in this case is just literally all the music that's not the melody, Uh, You can think of it as chord progression if you'd like. Same idea. So that's part of it. But then it also must be recorded, edited, and and, and, and be mixed. Um, And it must have a full arrangement, right? Like, I, I don't consider a song done, really. I mean, it is done, technically, if I have the full piano part for the whole song. And then, you know, the the total melody... And all the lyrics. Technically, the song is done. The track might not be done. The released song is not done. But the song is written, right? It's in a copyrightable state. But to me, I consider a song done in my mind when I have it recorded and mixed and mastered and all that and released. That is when, to me, a song is officially done. So your definition may be different than that, right? Maybe you have no interest in recording, which if if you don't have interest in recording, um, I, I guess I'd, I'd think, think about why maybe that is. If you thought if the main reason is just that you think it's hard or that, you know, it costs too much money, um, then then you should look into recording because those things are not don't need to be true. There are some aspects of recording that can be frustrating for sure, um, especially at first. Um, vocals specifically. Um, actually, I tried to record some vocals today, and it just didn't go well. The hardest part about recording vocals is getting your headset to sound right so that you don't... Because you need to hear enough of the music so that you don't be, go pitchy, and you need to hear enough of yourself naturally so that you don't change the timbre of your voice based on what you hear in in the headset, which is why you'll notice a lot of ear artists take one headphone off their ear so they can hear themselves naturally because that's how you're used to singing, right? So there's all these like things that go into it. And if you have any of it just a little off when it comes to vocals specifically, you'll either get pitchy or you'll just sing differently than you normally would. Uh, it's easy to sort of freeze up and sort of get tight and because you know you're being recorded. So there are certainly challenges, and I certainly face them today. It was frustrating, and I got really nothing done. Uh, full disclosure, it was, it was it just it was not great. But the point here being, despite that little aside story, uh, I do recommend looking into recording, uh, you can get a decent home studio set up, assuming you have a decent computer already for like three, $400 and be done. Um, I mean, you have to actually record, but, um, 
Regardless, you might just not be interested in recording, and that's okay. Regardless of what your definition of complete done song is, we want to integrate what I'm going to call save points into our songwriting. So let's talk for a second about the what save points are in reference to. So if you ever played video games, uh, you may have played a game. This used to be very common. I don't know if it's still common because I haven't really played a game in like 10 years. But it used to be a thing, right, that you'd have certain points in the game that you were allowed to save. You couldn't save anywhere you wanted to save. Um, you, you had certain points where you could save, and different games are different. Like Pokemon games, you always, if you weren't in the middle of a battle, you could save whatever lo location you were or whatever. Um, but some games, you know, you'd have a save point, and then you'd have to go through, you know, 10 minutes of gameplay, and then you'd come to another save point. So if within those 10 minutes there was this difficult boss and you kept dying, you died over and over and over again, then first your first thought, right, is, well, thank God that this doesn't take me back to the beginning of the game because I'm two hours into the game, but I just have to replay this last 10 minutes, right? It's like a checkpoint. And then you finally beat that boss and you think to yourself, wow, I barely beat the boss. I feel like I got lucky. It took me 30 times to be able to beat that boss. Wow, I'm only an hour into this game. Why is it already so hard? I'm pretty worried now. And then right after the boss, you come to a save point and you save. And then you and then again, you're like, well, thank God I never have to do that again. Awesome. Because I didn't really like it the first time and I certainly didn't like it the 30th time. And now that I did some hard work and I played it, you know, 30 times until I finally, through great uh, perseverance, made it through. I beat the boss, and now I don't have to beat the boss again because I did it, I accomplished it, check that box, check it off the checklist or the to-do list, it's done. I no longer have to worry about it. That's what we want to do with our songwriting. We want to make sure that when we make progress in our songwriting, that we are saving those things and that we do progress as far as songwriting goes in a way that we are constantly thinking of, okay, where's the ne that next checkpoint? Where's that next save point? And, we, and a part of why, for example, in the six-step lyric writing checklist that I have, which the link, I'll put the link in the description for that as well, but that's a songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist, I believe. So for that, a part of the reason why I break it down into smaller steps is it gives you smaller, more accomplishable things. And the goal is, let's just say that you have a task that takes 10 hours. And you make a checklist. If that 10-hour task is one checkbox... Mentally, that's going to feel really draining because you're going to get five hours in and think, I haven't done anything. And there's like six things on this checklist, right? And none of them are checked still after five hours of work. And maybe your other tasks are more like half-hour tasks. If you broke that 10-hour task down into subtasks, 
to show like, hey, I'm making progress here. It's not that I've done nothing. It's not that I've done zero of these six things. Because I've been working hard for five hours. If you broke it down into subtasks, let's say ten of them, an hour each, give or take, then you'd have five of the ten checkboxes checked, right? Because you have the five other things that all take maybe half an hour, hour, or however many it was, and then ten, so I guess 15. Numbers don't really matter here. The point is, right, if you break a task down into smaller steps that are completable that you can check off and you get that little uh, serotonin or whatever the heck hormone it is that makes you be like, oh, cool, okay, I can do this, right? Like, I accomplished this one thing, it's done, I don't have to do it again, we're good, I can move on to the next thing, and it's motivating, right? So part of the reason for that six-step lyric writing checklist, and part of the reason of my move to recording my songs as I write them, is all centered around this very idea of save points. It's all about there's something motivating of I spent half an hour songwriting, and instead of having a piece of a song that I kind of have memorized in my head and nothing to show for it, I might have a document that has some writing in it that's me developing the song and developing the ideas, and that document grows, and, you know, also I recorded a track already for it, and maybe I even edited it already so that, you know, it's nice and in line with the grid, if you will. Not perfectly, because you don't want to make it sound not human, but... You know, maybe I already recorded the piano part because I knew, like, I wrote this cool piano part. Okay, cool. Uh, And now it's recorded. And recorded in a way that already it is worthy of, you know, the final recording. I'm not going to re-record it. I already recorded it. Check, done. Cool. That part's done. So now tomorrow I can come in and just start recording guitars over that same part because I'm already done with the piano part. And these are all things that I've talked about recently. So if you've been a listener, most of this is going to sound familiar to you. And again, this whole idea of save points centers is at the center of all of these concepts. So think of it like you're climbing up a mountain. If you trip and fall, you don't want to tumble all the way down the mountain, right? Because now you're going to look up at the mountain and say, screw this. I'm not doing that again. I made it halfway up and then I fell all the way down. Ignore the part about like, you know, you'd probably be dead. Let's just just ignore that, right? Let's imagine it's a cartoon and nobody ever gets hurt no matter what happens. No matter how, how much acne uh, TNT stuff explodes on you or whatever. So instead, what you want is when you go halfway up the mountain, you, you put sort of a safe area, you know, 400 feet below you so that you only tumble part of the way down the mountain, right? But that's essentially now a checkpoint of like, well, I'm not going to tumble all the way back down the mountain. If I tumble down a few hundred feet, oh, well, it takes me only 10 minutes to reclimb back up that, right? If you have to redo the whole thing, that's extraordinarily discouraging. If you've ever done a house project, you know how that feels, right? You start flooring your floor and then you realize halfway through oh my goodness we're doing it wrong we're putting it the wrong way that's why it's been so difficult to put these in it feels extra crappy when you have to rip it all up 
and start over again, and you're in a really bad mood, probably for the rest of the project, because you're thinking, you know, when you're back to halfway done again, you're thinking, well, I would have been done by now. When you're done, you think, well, I could have been done two hours ago. We want to avoid that with our songwriting. So think about save points. When you have an idea, make sure you save it, right? Whether that's a musical idea. Maybe you come up with a bass line you like, a piano riff, a guitar lick, a chord progression, specific instrument or sound. Record it. Again, even if you don't actually record your songs as of right now, at least, at least pull out your phone and record it so that you don't tomorrow think, oh, I can't quite figure out what that bass line is. This is similar, but I didn't play it enough. I didn't quite memorize it. Crap, I got to refigure it out. Don't make yourself refigure it out. And the next level, of course, is if you do have recording equipment and you literally record it. So you literally could just forget how to play the bass line and it doesn't matter because you already recorded the official version that's going to make your next record or EP or whatever you're making or single. So it doesn't matter. You, you don't even need to remember how to write the bass line. Sure, you could refigure it out if you had to, but you might not have to because you already recorded it. Boom, done, check. Same with lyrical ideas. This is why... Um, the idea sheet is the first step in the lyric writing checklist is just gathering ideas, always having a bunch of ideas that you can pull out and play with, right? Gives you a bunch of different options. So write down your lyrical ideas in a document where you will not lose them. Write down that story you want to tell that story that you saw on TV or in a movie or a book that moved you. Write down that intriguing concept you want to dive into or that symbol that you find interesting. Maybe it's somebody's tattoo and you're like, huh, I wonder what that's all about. Write that down. Describe it. Or, you know, if you can, sneak a picture of it, I guess. Uh, they might not appreciate that. And, uh, you know, so that might not go well for you. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. Uh, maybe imagery you want to dive into. Emotions that you want to explore. Right? Maybe all your music tends to be sort of uh, angry and centered around angry, mean concepts. Right? Uh, maybe you instead want to explore, well, how about instead of an angry response, I do more like sad, let down, devastated. Okay. Maybe from there, you're like, oh, you know what would be really interesting? Could kind of fit with the band vibe, um, but but still be different. Is instead of, you know, I'm angry you left me, like 99% of our songs. What if we do something that instead is, well, I'm so sad that I'm, I feel like I'm losing my son or something. And from, it doesn't really matter what, why, right? million avenues for that, whether it's as tragic as a child with cancer or another form of tragedy, you're going through a divorce and, you know, there's a kid involved and, and the other, you know, your ex-spouse is the one that gets to take care of the kid the primary amount of the time. Um, so you feel like you're never going to see them, right? Doesn't really matter what the idea is. You get an idea. We're getting dark here. I know. Um, you get an idea, write it down. Right? That's, you're saving it then. It's a checkpoint. You don't have that go to bed and in the morning be like, oh, 
what was that song idea? Why didn't I write it down? Nope. Don't have that problem anymore. Which, by the way, is the beauty of Google Docs, because you can access it from anywhere, and it saves, and it's not actually on your hard drive of your computer. Uh, it's in the cloud, therefore you have access to it from anywhere, and you can't lose it. And last Google totally screws you over. But we'll ignore that, <laughs> that possibility. And the same idea is true of some of the other elements of that six-step lyric writing checklist with like the brainstorm sheet, right? There's something about once you do some prose writing, developing your song concept a little more, now you have a bunch of words that you wrote. And sure, it's in prose, but you might have a few lines that you wrote that are just like, oh, that's good. You know, maybe you need to make it more lyrical. Maybe you'll need to make it rhyme with something. Maybe you'll need to cut a syllable here or add a syllable there. But you might have some good stuff in there. Or maybe, you know, you were just thinking about writing another breakup song and you didn't realize that you wanted to utilize the symbolism of, I don't know, of a ship on the ocean until you did the prose writing. And then you realize you realize that you just kind of use this ship analogy and then you're like, wow, OK, that that actually really works for what I want to talk about. Boom. You discovered. An image that you might want to use at the center of your song, or maybe it won't be at the center of your song. Maybe it'll just be a part of your song. But, you know, again, save. Right. And and, and sure, if, if, we're, if you're in Microsoft Word or whatever, this is a literal save hit like hit, hit the save button. But that's not really the idea here, right? The idea is, is learning to celebrate these small things and then making sure that you do all of these things in a way that they are actually saved somewhere so that you do not have to remember them. You do not have to dig them up. And when you spend time songwriting, you feel like there's something tangible that has happened because of it that something exists now that didn't exist before. So when you record that new baseline you're writing into your DAW digital audio workstation, basically, you know, Pro Tools or Reaper or whatever, which again, I've said this in many videos and podcasts, but Reaper, you can use for free for like an infinite amount of time. It's really great. I use Reaper. I'm literally recording this podcast on Reaper. So good stuff. Check it out, especially if you want to get into recording, but you don't want it to be expensive. Reaper is a great way to go. But, you know, you record that baseline and you save that track. Maybe you even edit the baseline, fix the couple of notes that weren't exactly right when they needed to be. Done. Right? You hit that save button and you literally today, at the end of today, you have a recorded, edited baseline that you think's pretty killer, recorded, that is ready to be a part of a fully recorded song that you will release to the world someday, because you already edited it, and tomorrow you can just come in and you can play electric guitar on top of it, and again, you've already even edited, which editing in this context is just, you know, making sure that the notes are hit at the right time, right? So maybe one part of the bass line, you were a little late on, on get, getting to the notes. So you just push them over a little bit so that it's right on time. And it feels, and you know, making the quote unquote perfect take, if you will. 
So you have the perfect take already. It's done. Check. So when you come in tomorrow, you didn't just write the baseline and it's in your head, but there's no tangible progress. There's tangible progress. You can open up software on your computer and there it is. Right? If you died in the middle of the night, which God forbid that happened, right? I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not to go dark here again, but like because you have actually recorded it and saved it, that exists without you. It doesn't just live in your head. It lives in the real world, right? And this, this may sound dark and, may, you know, maybe it is, but honestly, I think about these things, right? To the point that I once told my wife, um, uh, <laughs> I don't remember what the context was, um, but, but I'm like, just so you know, if I die, you should totally give my songs to Felix, who Felix is um, basically a friend of mine who's a, a legit uh, songwriter, and he wrote songs that um, people who like know 80s, like a couple number one hits and stuff. So I basically told my wife, hey, send them to him and let him do with them what he will. Because to me, like the ultimate thing is I want the songs to get out, whether it's my version or something else doesn't. Ma I mean, I want it to be my version primarily, but I'd rather it be somebody else's version than not get out at all. Um, so, again, sounds dark, but you can't do that if it's in your head. It goes back to the legacy episode, right? This, just record it. And it's a real tangible thing that exists outside of you, that if you die in a car accident tomorrow, if you and I'm sorry for staying dark here for a second, but like when you save things and when you make progress and you make sure it is a tangible thing that is saved somewhere, that is progress that exists forever. In the same way that if you were writing a book series and you took vigorous notes on where you think the next book should go and then, you know, maybe you're 85 years old and you die, then your kid can look at your notes and be like, okay, I think I can finish the story that dad or mom wanted to, to tell. Again, dark, I know. But that's the idea here. So brainstorm sheet with the prose writing, the images, right? If you go find images to inspire your song, to uh, that, that evoke the same emotion as your song, once you have those, you're done, right? You don't have to refine them. You've made tangible progress. If you come up with parts of the storyline, you've made tangible progress. If you start creating your related word sheet where you find words that you want to be sort of at the center of your song, so to take the example from before, maybe a ship, right? A ship is a, a, at the center of what you want to talk about or imagery you want to use in your song. And then from there, you find related words to ship like ocean, sea, beach, shore, things like that. And once you have that document, again, save. You don't have to refine those things. You've made tangible progress. You are literally tangibly farther in your songwriting today than you were the day before. And that just, beyond being tangible and real, it also feels good and makes you more motivated to keep going. Because it doesn't feel like, oh, I spent all today and then got nothing to show for it. You do have things to show for it, right? So a part of it is a mental trick we play on ourselves, but a part of it is is just making sure we're putting ourselves in a position that we're making constant progress, you're breaking the process down into smaller steps, and 
we are constantly moving forward in a way that there's there's no going back, right? There's no oh I I didn't I stopped working on a song for six months, so I forgot this. Nope, because you wrote it down or recorded it, depending on which one is relevant, right? Wrote it down for lyrical side of things generally and recorded it for music side of things. So there is no lost anything. You could abandon your song for 10 years and assuming your computer is still fine, um, which actually if you store everything on Google Drive, you don't even have to worry about that part. But you're done, right? Like, or you're not done, but like you have not lost anything. Because you've written it all down and you saved it all. Same thing is true with with writing lyrics. I encourage you to write tons and tons of lyrics, right? Sometimes I've even written 18 pages of lyrics that eventually are just, you know, the one that make the final cut. And all of those are important because sometimes you'll write gold that you that won't be useful until later because at first you think, ah, oh, that wasn't very good. But later you're like, no, actually, this is the perfect piece that I need in my song. It just needs extra work. Or maybe you'll write something bad and you'll just know not to go down that path again. But again, you've made tangible progress. It's that whole Edison quote, right? Of like, you know, I haven't failed 9,000 times, whatever it is, right? Like I've, I found 9,999 ways not to make a light bulb. It's kind of taken on that, that perspective. And yes, I know I probably butchered that quote. You know what I'm talking about though. So whatever it is, whether it's part of a melody, part of a riff or chord progression, an interesting song or part in your arrangement developments on the lyrical side of things, ideas. Maybe it's a baseline you're adding to your song, even if it's not a good one, right? If you write if you write and record and edit the baseline and save it, and that's all you do today. Even if you come in tomorrow and you say, "I don't like that baseline anymore." That's okay. Record another one. But maybe you come in to tomorrow and you like it more than you liked it today. And today you're like, "Eh, I'm not sure." But tomorrow, you're like, no, that's killer. Why did I think that was just okay? Good thing you wrote it down, or in this case, recorded it, and saved. So integrate save points into your songwriting. Again, if you haven't already, be sure to check out the free guide on 10 different ways to start writing a song. And since I also mentioned it, the six-step lyric writing checklist, a lot of what we talked about in here is related to that. Uh talk about the brainstorm sheet and that and related word sheet. So if any of those things I talked about were like, wait a second, what, what, what is this? Um, they are communicated in detail <laughs> in the, um, actually, I don't know that the related word sheet is, but the brainstorm sheet is in the lyric writing checklist. That's at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. If you're interested in that link to that and the 10 step lyric writing checklist, both will be in the description. I hope this was helpful to you. If it was, or if you found any of these podcasts helpful, and you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be super appreciated. But I appreciate every single one of you. I appreciate you all for giving a listen. I appreciate you all for leaving the reviews that a ton of you have left really kind reviews, and I really appreciate that. But even if not, I appreciate you just for listening. Anyway, no hard feelings whatsoever. I just appreciate you for being a listener. So go out, do some songwriting, and I will talk to you in the next one.